Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're with me this week here at Love Well. I hope you're doing all right. Uh, It's been a, again, man, it it feels like I cannot get into a weekly rhythm. Uh, Life, ministry, uh, it seems to be full and busy. And uh, so carving out time to to record has has been tricky and uh, I, I know I know all the all the rules about uh, recording podcasts and things say hey you gotta you gotta do it every single week uh, maybe multiple times a week to build up your listenership but oh well uh, I'm it is what it is so thanks for sticking with me and hopefully you've sub- just subscribed and it pops in your on your iPhone or uh, your Pixel or Samsung device, whatever it is that you're listening on, and uh, you know, and you can you can forgive me for uh, for taking a little bit of time. Uh, but we we are we're talking about spiritual practice, and um, kind of gave a, an overview of the idea of spiritual practice, and then we talked a little bit about grace, and uh, and so now I want to talk about. Uh, kind of the fuel of of spiritual practice. You know, when we when we are looking to grow in our faith, we 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 gotta have you gotta have fuel for it, and there's gotta be there's gotta be something to to drive growth. Uh, if grace grace is kind of this. Um, It's like an all-encompassing uh, incubator for growth. I think maybe that's a good way to put it. Grace is the incubator for growth. It's it's this warm, safe, comfortable place. It's the place where you know, because of grace, you know you are accepted. You know you are loved. You know that you are embraced. That that there is nothing really that you can do to to lose favor. You don't have to prove yourself anymore. Uh, grace, grace is this beautiful thing that this beautiful idea that, that transforms and changes us and, and really helps us, um, really helps us to embrace the, the path of growth. And, and so if we have this, this marvelous, this marvelous warm incubator, this place for us to grow in, uh, we need something else. We we need we need a fuel. We need something that is going to help to to cause to to really cause growth, to drive growth in our lives, and and I think what that is is truth. So so we have you have grace. Grace is is kind of the the foundation for growth. It's this incubator. It's this warm blanket. Truth really is the fuel. It's kind of like the food that that drives that drives growth, right? You can't you can't develop uh, as a as an athlete if you're not putting good stuff into your body. You see what I'm saying? You have to have the right kind of fuel to to develop uh, to develop physically, and and we see this in, in human beings just just in general, right? Babies that are not given proper nutrition uh, early on face all kinds of, of issues uh, later in life. S- significant developmental problems uh, are, are, are developed. They're, they're just kind of there. 
uh, because of, of poor nutrition early on. And I think the same is, is true for our, for our spiritual lives. We, we, need, we need truth. It is, it is the fuel that drives us. Um, you know, for the last for the last few years, I've had I've had an amazing privilege to to help coach some baseball teams, and uh, it has been it's been a, an amazing learning experience. I've I've picked up uh, so much more about the game than I than I thought uh, I could ever learn. I, I've come to understand that I man six seven years ago I knew nothing about baseball comparatively. I know a lot now, but I, but most importantly, I think I know uh, all the things that I don't know. There's so much uh, to see players who who are coachable and uh, and who want to who want to grow in their in the game. It is it's amazing to see to see the course of growth happen. Um, but when a player is self motivated, uh, their growth is exponential, and it is. It it's just it's a beautiful thing to watch young men flourish into into great baseball players. Now, uh, while while the joys are, are incalculable, like I can't I can't put a number, I can't objectively quantify the joy uh, that that you get from from coaching. I think the hardest part is having to tell parents the truth about the ability of their son. Uh, I, I think it's just it's a brutal it's a brutal thing because every parent uh, that pays the money to play high level travel sports believes their son is the best player on the team. It's it's just part of the reality that I mean I'm guilty of that. Every person I know is guilty of that, uh, and, and often it's it's because in their house teams or rec teams uh, they were the best. Nobody could compete with them. And they weren't necessarily even the best on the team. They were probably the best in their league. And, uh, and, and yet when you join a, a, an elite travel club uh, in whatever sport you're playing, every kid on that team was the best in their league. They were the best somewhere. Or they wouldn't be playing on that team. And so in the life of, of a competitive athlete, uh, the equal play for pay comes to an end. And this is typically around the age of 15 or 16, somewhere in there. Um, you know, kids just, these, they, they become young men and it's no longer uh, everybody gets, gets equal playing time. That's just not how it's going to work. Uh, in baseball, the hardest conversation that I've experienced is when it becomes apparent that a player is no longer a two-way player. You know, they're either, uh, you know, somebody who is really good defensively uh, but you know what? They're going to be DH'd for. They they just uh, the pitching has passed them by. They they can't they can't hit anymore, and so they're they're going to play. On, they, they may play defense, uh, but they're gonna they're not going to hit very often, or they're going to hit in the bottom of the lineup. Uh, and then uh, the other thing, and this happens probably more frequently, I think, in travel sports, in travel baseball, is that a player it becomes evident that a player is a pitcher only, and. And in that 15 to 16 year old age range, that has like some sort of weird negative connotation to it, uh, like like that player is less than or something. But that's not at all the case. The fact of the matter is, is there are some there are some young men who have absolutely brilliant special arms. They can go a long, long way. 
And, and for a coach, what you want to try to do is put players in the position where they will flourish for the long haul and, and where they will help the team the most. And so a kid who no longer has the ability to hit at a high level, um, but man, he can throw the stuff out of a baseball, you want to see them use their time and maximize their potential as a pitcher. Because that's that that's where they're that's where they're gonna be able to go to the next level. And if they would, if they would hear that truth and embrace and embrace who they are, then the sky's the limit for them, right? But too many parents, and it's usually the parents, don't want to hear the truth. And a lot of players don't want to hear the truth. They, they don't want to embrace the reality of who they are. Um, because here's the thing. Truth is hard to hear. And truth is even harder to accept. None of us like to hear truth. I don't. You don't. Your neighbor doesn't. We, we don't, we don't want to hear it. Because... Oftentimes when we hear truth, what it identifies in us is an area that we need to develop, an area that maybe we need to repent from when we're talking about maybe our spiritual lives um, or our interpersonal relationships. Oftentimes truth exposes blind spots in our lives. And that's, that's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable, it, and it makes us it makes us angry, it makes us frustrated. Um, for people like you know, people who are who are wired a little bit more like me, uh, it raises your your fight instinct. You know, you, you don't want to hear you don't want to hear anything that that betrays who you think you are, and that's what truth does. When truth shines light. Um, it, it, it helps us to begin to see things in a different way. Anytime that light is shining on an object, what happens? A shadow is created, right? So if you, you shine a light, you shine a light on, you know, on yourself, uh, you are going to create a shadow. You walk outside and the sun is up, your shadow, your shadow is created. I loved I love doing um, shadow hand puppets uh, with the overhead projector, right? I mean, that, that was just, I don't know. I just, I just thought that was always hilarious. You know, as the teacher's trying to do that and people are, people are getting their hand in there and making dogs and cats and birds and ducks and it's just, it always cracked me up. But you can't have the shadow. You're not going to see the shadow without the light. The shadow's always there. The shadow is always there. The shadow is ever present. But you have to have light to see it. And, and what light is when it comes to the shadow of, of our natures, when it comes to the shadow of our personhood, uh, light is truth. And that, <laughs> that is such an uncomfortable reality. And so none of us want to hear it. It feels, and, and, and to be honest, most of us, most of us don't want to tell it. When was the last time you got really excited 
to tell somebody close to you something truthful about them? When was the last time you were just like, wow, I can't wait to sit down across from one of my closest friends and say, hey, I've noticed, I've noticed this, this, this issue, uh, it's rising up and uh, man, I think you need to deal with it. I don't know very many people that get excited about that. I know people who are very competent and very good at having those conversations, but I don't know anybody that just gets excited to have those conversations because so often those conversations end in broken relationship, broken friendships. And that's hard. That's hard. Um, because, and, and they end broken because the recipient doesn't want to hear it. And oftentimes, when we're in a position of, of telling the truth, uh, th- there are a lot of times where we don't do that very well either. Right? Like we, we just are. Oftentimes, those of us who are in a position to have to tell somebody truth, uh, we, we just come off as, as jerks. And, and, that's, and that's tough. So, uh, but, but here's the simple fact. The simple fact remains, if we do not hear and embrace truth, then we're not going to be able to grow and change. If we can't identify those blind spots, if we can't identify those shadows in our lives, uh, we're, we're not going to be able to deal with them. And truth allows us to deal with the shadow. Truth allows us to grow and change. It is the fuel that drives change in our lives. And so we we have to embrace it. We have to embrace it as hard as it is. Even though truth is hard to hear and harder to accept, we we have to be strong enough to, to take it and bring it into ourselves and try to see these, these issues. You know, most of you who are listening to this podcast know me, right? I mean, I, I, there's very few of you out there in uh, internet land that that are just listening to this because you stumbled across it. Uh, so, so those of you that are listening, you guys know who I am. You guys have met me. You've spent time with me. And one of the things that is true about me is that for most of my life, I have struggled maintaining a healthy weight. It's, it's, part, of, it's, part, of my, it's part of my reality. Uh, recently, I started going to a doctor. Uh, I, man, I hadn't been to a doctor regularly since before college uh, when I was you know, living with my, in my mom's home. Um, but just this past year, I, this past fall, I started, I guess, beginning of this year, right? Started going to a doctor. I'm over 40. I'm overweight. Uh, figured now's the time. Medical oversight, probably going to be pretty importantly because I want to live to be a grandfather. I want to see my grandkids uh, if, if, I'm so, if I'm so blessed to have, to have grandkids. Uh, I see, I see my, my parents and Amy's parents. Uh, just loving being being grandparents, and I, I want to have that experience, but I need to live to see that. And uh, so, so you have to deal with some of these some of these issues. And, uh, and there's there's nothing that prepares you uh, for the hard truth of medicine. Nothing, nothing prepares you for that. Uh, my doctor, he's kind, he's gentle, he's got a great sense of humor, uh, great bedside manner. The dude is. Dude is phenomenal. I, I really, I really, really like uh, my doc. 
uh, and, and, you know, he, he's approachable and all these things, but he shoots it straight, right? He doesn't, he doesn't hold back anything. Um, but because of his, his quality bedside manner, he, he packages uh, the conversation in such a way that, that you, don't, you don't feel shame uh, being in his office. <laughs> After my first appointment, I walked out and I'm reading the paperwork, right, uh, that, that they give you with kind of the diagnosis that the doctor puts down. And, uh, and the, the words that caught my attention, morbidly obese, nothing prepares you for those words. Morbidly obese, that is me. That is the state of my physical reality. Uh, that is called truth, my friends. Uh, morbidly obese. Uh, I'm laughing because it just, it, it just sounds so awful, and it is. Because, because what, what the paperwork is saying is, son, you don't get this handled, you're going to die. There is, there is a more morbidity issue here, and you, you will, you will face death sooner than than later if you don't get this obesity taken care of. And that's just truth. It's a truth I don't want to hear. It's a truth I didn't want to hear. But if I'm ever going to get into a place of physical health, I have to hear that truth and embrace it. And I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Um, but the same, is, the same is true with our spiritual lives. Uh, when we consider our spiritual lives or any aspect, any other aspect of our life, we have to be willing to hear truth because truth provides the fuel for our growth and change. It's, it's often what triggers something called a kairos moment. We're going to talk more about that in the future. Uh, but a kairos moment is is best defined as an inbreaking of God into your into your world, and and so uh, truth truth fuels those moments. Truth helps identify those places. So just like I need to hear it uh, about my physical reality, I need to hear truth about my spiritual reality. My good friend, the Todd, he refers to spiritual truth as the Waller two by four, uh, and that that's often how it's often how truth works, right? It seems to hit us blindside like a two by four, just boom, over our heads, and, and we stare at ourselves and, and can't help but think, "How did I miss this one?" It's so glaringly obvious now, and isn't that what happens when you shine light on something? Uh, it just it becomes glaringly obvious. Over the last over the last few weeks, um, life for my family has been super super heavy, and so we've just been we've just been walking through a season of, of tough stuff, and and it's you know no, it it's nothing out of the ordinary, you know for the course of one's life. I mean every person every family goes through. Uh, hard seasons. It's it's part of it's part of being being a human, and uh, and so you know it's it's just a season in our life in our family where where things are tough, and, and so we're working through it. Uh, but recently, I had to hear some some really hard truth from Amy, and uh, <laughs> and I responded in the moment, oh so well, yeah, uh, I <laughs> super not good in reality, right? Uh, a little while later, um, I, I you know took a good hot shower after acting like an absolute jackass, um, 
the reality of the situation landed like an atomic bomb in my soul. It just was like, oh my gosh, have I, have I missed this one? Um, and so I, I sought forgiveness from her. I sought forgiveness uh, from, from Ethan, uh, who had got caught in the wake of my, of my idiocy. Um, and then I took some time to take stock of what was going on in me. And, uh, and that truth that, that Amy was shedding light on, uh, it, helped me, it helped me to realize that there was still this kind of besetting sin, this besetting issue in my life that, that I thought I had grips. I thought I had my grips on. I thought I had it under control. Uh, but, but I didn't. I didn't. Um, C.S. Lewis says, Surely what a man does when he is taken off his guard is the best evidence for what sort of man he is. And we're going to keep coming back to that quote throughout, throughout this series on spiritual growth because I think, it's, I, think it's such a great, I think it's such a great barometer. And over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've had a couple of these moments of being taken off my guard. Um, in, in one of those moments, I think I, I passed. I think I, I think I passed with flying colors. But, but this most recent moment where I was taken off my guard did not pass. I failed epically. Uh, so, so what sort of man am I? Uh, I'm one that's imperfect, one that has so much room to grow. Uh, when, because here's the thing. When I can't control everything in my life, uh, I smolder and I get frustrated easy. It just, it just kind of burns right below the surface, and then it explodes. Not in some sort of abusive way or anything like that, um, but just, uh, I just, uh, I have a short, short, a short fuse, right? Um, I'm, I get angsty. I, get, I snap at people. I, um, I, I just, I get, I get super sarcastic and, and cutting and biting and, uh, and it's just, it's just, it's just really, really ugly. Um, that's, that's part of how it's, it's my, what I'm learning is, is that's my defense mechanism. When I don't want to deal with something, uh, when I don't want to deal with something hard, when I don't want to deal with, um, when I don't want to deal with an issue, I just get angry and, and I just, and I, and I re, and I, and I retreat and I hide behind my anger because that feels like I'm at least controlling something. Um, and, and, and usually the issues that, that I seem to come up against is, is, when I can't, is when I can't control a situation, when I can't control my life. And, um, and it, just, it just makes me so mad. Um, and uh, the, the, good thing, the good thing is that the time between being an ass and the realization of being an ass is shrinking. Uh, that, that's a positive, and, that, and that's because of the people in my life who love me enough to tell me truth, who love me enough to say, dude, you're being an ass. Just stop, right? Come on. There's something here you want to deal with. Uh, and the gap is shrinking because the time it takes me for to embrace truth is shrinking. When I was younger, it would take me weeks, months even, to hear and embrace the truth that, that folks, would, folks would want to share with me. Uh, now, like this, this past, this past issue, this past moment, uh, I mean, it was within an hour. 
Uh, that, that's a hu- that's huge. That's huge for me. That's just I can't I can't get past how how grateful I am for for the grace uh, that that Amy has has poured out on me over our marriage, the grace that our kids pour out on me, uh, that allows me space to continue my process, that allows me to continue uh, to grow and change and and become a, a, better, a better human. Um, you see, so, so as you walk away, uh, you know, as you put this podcast down, and maybe you'll think about it, I don't know, maybe you won't, uh, but, but as you kind of walk away from this podcast, uh, I want you to walk away with that, with that statement, truth is the fuel for growth. Truth is the fuel for growth. We must be willing to speak to one another in the context of grace, truth, and time. Time is what we're going to talk about next week. Um, and we must be willing to hear it from one another, believing the best that those around us want to help us grow. If we don't do that, man, we are going to stagnate and we are going to get stuck and, and we're not, we're not going to grow. Um, so so let, me, let me say that one more time. Truth is the fuel for growth. We must be willing to speak to one another in the context of grace, truth, and time. And we must be willing to hear it from one another, believing the best that those around us want to help us grow. All right. We have come to the end of another Love Well podcast. Because here's the thing. You may be wondering, how does this relate to loving well? Well, if we're not going to grow we're going we're gonna to get stunted and we're not going to be able to love ourselves well. If we can't love ourselves well, uh, it means we're not going to love our neighbors well. And if we can't love our neighbors well, certainly we are not going to love our enemies. So to love well means that we have to continue growing. We have to continue uh, moving towards maturity as human beings. We, we have to keep walking, walking towards, uh, towards being a grown-up. And, uh, and, and as we do, we will love well. We will. Um, I love better now than I did 15 years ago. That that is that is the truth of the matter, and uh, and it's because it's because my I'm I'm not willing to stagnate. I'm going to keep pressing through. I want to be like one of those coachable baseball players that's self motivated. I want to I want to press on and, and go further up and further in in my spiritual growth. I want to become more like Jesus every single day, and I hope you do too. And uh, and that's what that's what we're that's what we're trying to be about here on the Love Well podcast. Uh, so, a uh, couple of quick announcements. If you've made it this far, one, uh, continue the conversation with me. Hit me up uh, on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Daniel M Rose. Uh, you can message me there. I'd love to I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I would, uh, you know, you can hit me on Twitter. Uh, I, I love Twitter, but man, I'm, I'm realizing that I tweet into an abyss that, uh, that nobody sees and nobody pays any attention to. Uh, so, so you can hit me up there, though, at Daniel M. Rose. I, I hope you will. I'd love to see more of you, more of you in Twitter and uh, interacting there. Uh, but it seems like Facebook is where everybody's at. So uh, Facebook.com slash Daniel M. Rose. And uh, you can catch up on everything I'm writing and recording on the website, danielmrose.com. 
If you want to hang out in person with me Tuesday nights, uh, I and a friend host something called Doubt on Tap. And uh, it's a great time. We have a conversation each week about, about something important. And, uh, uh, and we usually typically pregame uh, Down on Tap at 7 p.m. Uh, at the Tap Room in downtown Ypsilanti. And, uh, and then the conversation starts at 8. And some folks hang out afterwards and post-game, and some, of, some folks head, head right on out. But I hope, I hope I'll see you out soon. Uh, and as always, you are invited and welcome to Missional Community on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. in my home. Uh, and if you need details for that, please, please hit me up on Messenger uh, or, or, feel free to, or feel free to email me. Um, and you are also invited to our new missional community uh, in Fowlerville, Michigan, if you're up in that neck of the woods, 5 p.m. on Sundays uh, in the home of Dave and Laura Weber. And uh, if you, again, if you need details on how to connect with the missional community, uh, hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or, uh, or send me an email and we'll talk. Uh, thanks for listening and, uh, and we'll see you next week. Until then, love well, my friends.